I'm the man of living goop a pump I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. Must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? Good evening. Welcome back to the Roast Mortal Podcast. I am Tom. I am a traveler. I am Cody. Yes. And we're uh, your number one source for news and what's happening today. And uh, vitamin E. For the youth of America for and everyone else. Yeah, keeping it hot. It's all about history drama. That's what we do. We, we take the most current topics and we talk about them. With beers in like, our system. Like the best YouTuber, Will Smith. That's right. I'm so proud of him. So, uh, he has so children. How, yeah, he does. How is everyone's week? Did you meet Will Smith? I did. I, I met him online in a forum, and he asked if uh, I had pants on. And I left. Oh, I'm, I've got hiccups. That's not good. Uh, and I left because I don't feel good about that. Mm. How about you, Cody? I didn't do shit. Doing job stuff. Looking for jobs. Trying to nail it down. Everyone it sucks. Find Cody a job. Yeah, do it. Oh, this is not you good. I, I, I just got hiccups real bad. <laughs> this <laughs> is a great start. Cody's unemployed. Tom's diaphragm is spasming. Uh, Wait, Tom, you. you're presenting, right? I am. Yeah. You got the hiccups as soon as you hit roll. Well, it was m- funny because you were like, soft roll, going. It. Yeah. I did not plan for this, but, you know, at the same time, hiccups never stopped anyone from being sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Hitler didn't... Uh, didn't quit because of hiccups. Are you calling me Hitler? No, I'm just saying uh, it took a lot. Of, took a took a cyanide pill and a shelling and a face shooting to stop him. Ima- we don't know that. I think he was in Argentina. I really do. Imagine ah. sexual Mariah Carey doing those, and she's got hiccups at those times. Organic auto tuning. Yeah. Jokes on you. Singing has never turned me on once. Uh, your pants would say fact, otherwise. In fact. I'm, I'll say this with my hiccups. <laughs> it's episode 69, boys. Oh, shit. Is that's right. Are I you ready not, to get not. sexy? Yeah. I mean, no one asked me how I was doing, but that's cool. Well, we how are you just, doing? We can just go on with the show. That's awesome. No, don't worry about me. I'm not. So, to, <laughs> to, to celebrate this distinguished you. gentleman. You say. Yeah, 69. <laughs> so, we have a very appropriate person we're roasting. <laughs> This is going to be horrible. It's going to go to the hell. It's probably because you didn't ask him how his week was. Yeah. It's all karma, dude. Uh, I got, here we are. So, to celebrate his distinguished honor and his life, we've hired many busty blonde babes to be in the studio with us tonight. Ooh. But they've been paid to not talk and be quiet and not touch anything. I'm touching three titties right now. That's right. How? Mm-hmm. Dude, with, don't worry about it. You got it. one foot out. I you see. can see me do it. Yeah. No, I can't see what's going on under the table. I'm only, I can only access what's above the table. Yeah, they're here to do this. Ladies, would you please wave hello to the audience? Oh, that's a beautiful wave. That got my pants All right, tight. Ladies, can you uh, touch both of your elbows behind your back? Oh, yeah. Good. Oh, Round of applause for the ladies. Why are they so good at that? Holy fuck. Tonight we're going to be talking about Hugh Hefner. Oh. That's where these ladies came from. Whoa. That's right. They're out of work. Huey Boy, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and the Bunnies. All three in one room. 
<laughs> and uh, Hugh Hefner, if you didn't know, is the world's oldest 14-year-old boy. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> yeah, it is. I yeah, did the research, Cody. Okay. I'm doing the hiccuping. I did the research. <laughs> it's my show tonight. Gotcha. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Tom. How are you going to get through this? I don't know. I got to work through bag? the bag. What, what's a good hiccup trick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right you in. Scare right, him? in. right in for a good, horrible hiccup tricks yeah. for Tom to try. Yeah, right in three weeks after I've had these hiccups. <laughs> He's going to keep You back. think you're getting rid of them in three yeah, weeks? Exactly, dude. That's like, oh, I'm getting rid of the clap in three weeks. If they're not done by Sunday, I know a bridge. <laughs> Which one are you going to go for? Verrazano? You're going to go for the. No, they got security <laughs> yeah, yeah. cameras there. Yeah, you're going you're to pay a toll and then jump off. I think. Oh, oh wait. Yeah. You're going you're to go for the Tap and Z? Oh, I mean the the Mario Cuomo bridge? Is that a thing? Yeah, Does they Cuomo have a bridge yeah, now? Yeah, they, they changed it. Well, his dad. Fuck Cuomo. <laughs> Sincerely from New Yorkers. Yeah, all the, all, the, all the non New Yorkers are like, what's going on? No, but seriously, write in. Uh, if you know A, a cure for hiccups, or B, a good bridge for me, just in case the hiccups aren't gone in three weeks. <laughs> so, who's Hugh Hefner, did I hear you asking? No, no one asked that, because we all know who he is. Great, thank you. I'm glad you asked. The creator and the chief editor of the finest gentleman's magazine of all time, Playboy Magazine. Aha! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do you think that was the best? Oh, yeah, yeah. Cody, I'll explain why it's the best. Okay. I liked Hustler. And then while we're roasting him, I'm just going to say, this is a distinguished man. He gave us so much. He gave us countless in-depth articles about politics, art, and sport. Hysterical yet insightful cartoons and comics. Commentary on life and times as American citizens. And also lots of naked ladies. Titties! Yeah! yeah! <laughs> That's right. Pictures of dames with great big peach nippers. Isn't that isn't that the whole excuse? Like I bought Playboy for the articles, and <laughs> well, that's what it's there for. <laughs> yeah, I bought it for the articles. Oh, don't worry, babe. I bought it for the articles. Don't touch that page. It's kind of sticky. Don't worry about it. Look, she wouldn't pick it up anyway. <laughs> they have a uh, certain male cooties that the women say that we have, and uh, Playboy's riddled with them. But everyone likes naked ladies, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hugh bought your dick's fantasy to print. The first. Perfect. Ah, uh-huh. Amazing. I don't know. Like, because so, my brain's fantasy for my dick might be different than my dick's fantasy for itself. Like, I don't know. Maybe my dick likes to go and uh, get smoothies. It just wants to be dark and wet. <laughs> yeah, it's like That's a all worm. your dick knows. <laughs> it's like a worm. Yeah. It doesn't matter. About, <laughs> it doesn't care about dark. Like, it's. I feel like your dick's version of a porno is like a bug's life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, one. no, because that's about going. No ants. It's about no, going. Of course, on. ants was worse, but it's like the worst. No, Pixar. it's about getting dirty and underwater, under dirt water. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> getting under dirt water. Did you just make an analogy to sex as getting under dirt water? No, I'm saying that's what your dick thinks about. My brain thinks about sex. My dick might think about something else. All right. Your dick knows best. So, let's get back to Hugh Hefner. <laughs> what is his dick so think about? Well, I will tell you. All right. I just want to pose a question, but I don't want you to answer. Oh, fuck, I'm not good at this. I just want you to think about this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
how can such a magical bathrobe wearing man do anything wrong to rub anyone the wrong way? Oh. Especially when he spent his whole career trying to make sure you can rub yourself the right way. Do no wrong. We're in a predicament, I say. Controversial, yes. Sexual, yes. Creepy, we'll see. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. The cliffhanger. Out. Well, like every idiot, you have to be born. So, Hugh Hefner was born in Chicago, April 9th, 1926. (laughs) 26, Depression Era baby. Wait, so he fell out of his favorite thing in the world, vagina. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) we all come back around to what our favorite thing is. We can't ignore the truth. There's no such thing as a virgin. Yeah, that's right. Um, Hmm. The penis that made him was Glenn Lucas Hefner's, and the vagina that made him was Grace Swanson. <laughs> Can we have a toast that we weren't made by a Glen penis? Uh, like, thank God. Uh, no, I I wish I was born out of a Swanson's dinner. I so mean, Travis. That. Travis is a redundancy because he came out of Dick's dick. <laughs> I came out of a John Dick. Mm. So if if you had to be a petri dish baby, which Swanson's dinner would you choose? Salisbury steak. <laughs> Where did that come? From? <laughs> the meatloaf. <laughs> Chicken pot come? pie. Or oh, I think those are the three options. No, Swanson has many delicious <laughs> meals for you and your lonesome self. We're not sponsored by Swanson yet. We will be. <laughs> I've written an angry letter as to why they haven't sought us out. Oh, being angry. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect, cordial opening move. That's right. So he had one younger brother named Keith. His mother did play favorites between the two, Keith and Hugh. And Hugh was definitely the favorite. This dude got way too much attention. Hugh was a loner growing up, spent most of his free time drawing and writing, kind of like Doug Funny. Oh, no. <laughs> he even had his own pork chop puppy. Did he? Yeah, but no Roger Klotz. Wait, did he just draw boobies? He did draw a lot of boobies. Oh, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, He's a smart boy. He's like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> smart boys draw boobies. Look at Travis's thumbnail artwork. It's amazing. He didn't draw those. Now, although Hugh's family was fairly progressive for the time, Grace being an advocate for women's rights, and uh, as the kids grew up, she was open about talking about sex to them, which is kind of crazy in the 30s. Um, His grandfather on his father's side uh, had committed... His mother was never exactly able to explain away with her progressive nature one thing that her father-in-law did. Glenn's father. Glenn. James Hefner was arrested and tried for four counts of taking indecent liberties with girls Whoa. of the age of 10 and 11. Oh. Back in 1931. That doesn't... That's no excuse. If you're a pedophile in 1931 and you get caught, you're a sloppy pedophile. <laughs> right, yeah. Get off of Instagram, you yeah. fucker. <laughs> Kids didn't talk back then. We didn't teach them that talk. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's crazy, man. They so, only knew how to navigate by the stars. You just put a bucket over their head and push them down the hill. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. So this offense jarred Grace so much that she packed the bags and took the boys and moved out of the house, even though Glenn didn't do anything himself. It was only association to the father that was so appalling. Mm. But Glenn ended up kind of patching things together right as she was about to move out of town. Be like, look, I'm not a pedophile. My dad touches children. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, babe. Like, it's not me. You know, I like your vagina, not little children's vaginas. It's my dad's thing. Yeah, yours is great. The other woman's is is great, but they're all older women. Yeah, they're all... (laughs) 
<laughs> so the family dynamic from them was a little go. weird. Glenn was always out working because, you know, they're working class family. Grace became even more progressive. Keith was ignored. Hugh was spoiled and never reprimand, reprimanded for being the little piece of shit that he was ever. Oh, he's a brat? Total brat. Uh, it's easy to not be a brat. That's right. Just do your homework. Just don't be an idiot. Yeah. Grow up. So entering his junior year of high school, his masturbatory habits were just skyrocketing. And tragedy strikes. Okay. <laughs> oh, I no. Mean, that's, Trage- everyone, that's everyone's puberty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But tragedy and masturbatory in the same sentence. I don't know what's happening. Did he try to use a cigar cutter as a flashlight? No, that's awful, Travis. Yeah. Don't talk about a man's penis like that. <laughs> Why not? You're it's nasty. hilarious. <laughs> Male gentleman mutilation. So, so what had happened was Hugh fell in love with a little drummer girl named Betty Conklin. The two learned Whoa. to jitterbug and spent time drinking pop from the soda jerk together. <laughs> what, is yeah. what is this thing soda that jerks. you just said? I'm, I'm trying to throw us all in the time machine. I right get now. it. The 30s, right? Yeah. Let Come me just do a little bebop on your bop the boop. They're jitterbugging, sir. They're, they're dancing with wave, by waving one finger around and flexing their hips. They had to throw. learn this. That's right. But come fall time, I she see, ended up... I see what you did there, Tom. Come. <laughs> All right, great. Mm-hmm. He saw what I did. Uh, come fall time, she asked another boy to join her on a hayride, and this broke Hugh's heart. Fuck. Ah. The heavy petting with Betty had come to an end. Oh, pet me, Betty, pet me. The heavy petting. So what does young Hugh do? Jerk off. Well, af- outside of the house. <laughs> okay. uh, Hugh makes it a point to reinvent himself as the ladies' man that he wants to be seen as. Wow. Okay. Is that when he started sporting the sailor hat? And the Maybe. pipe and the robe? Not just yet. He made some friends after not having friends because he just was drawing dumb pictures. And he started referring to himself as Hef, slicking back his hair, wearing loud color flannels. Hef is better than Hugh. Yeah. Mm. This was still in high school, right? Yeah, this is junior year high school. Is that his- I feel like there's every kid in high school that's just like he's a little social socially awkward and he's just, then he like reinvents himself and he's like I'm not my old me. And now then, I'm a stud. And they have podcasts called Roast Mortem. Uh, Cody, I mean, you never you. did that. <laughs> I was born stud. Travis likes macaroni. Uh, I'm weird. And I'm a man of the world. You know, people were like, why aren't you trying to get with the ladies in high school? I'm like, I already got some shrimp scampi. Gets my dick wet. (laughs) Shrimp rings for Travis. Donning cuffed pants, penny loafers, and white gym socks. Hugh made it a mission to become the coolest kid in school. Yeah, that's how you do it. <laughs> and he succeeded. With loafers. Whoa. He made it to the top of the food chain of the school. <laughs> oh, what a quarter loafer. I'm, can I, I'm imagining the principal there with like an award. Like, holy shit, you really turned it around there, kid. I never thought you'd be this cool, yeah. son. And the Poon Award goes to the Hef. Yes. With best friend Jim Brophy, the two ruled the hallways of Steinmetz High School. They were the best jitterbuggers in the class. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh. <laughs> a self-description found in his 1942 diary reads, A lanky, Sinatra-like guy with a love for loud flannel shirts and cords in the way of garb and jive for music. 
He looks and acts like a high school kid from a movie you'd see. Oh. Very original fellow. He has his own style of jiving and slang expressions. He calls everyone slug or fiend, and his pet expression is Jeep's creeps. <laughs> All right, here's what's up. Here's what's up. Slugs, no. Slugs. And what was that? Jeep's what's up? Jeep's creeps. That's his pet expression. Jeep's creeps, no. But casually calling your friends fiends. Also, no. Ah, might be cool. I Cody, just, this depends is... Depends how you drop it. No. You never reinvented yourself a junior year of high school, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Regular high school, bro. All right, so all I'm thinking of is replace all the jiving with swag. And or I guess swag's not even a thing anymore. But I think he's basically the kid that does the flossing thing right now. The uh, backpack he, kid. Yeah, the no, backpack kid. Instead of flannels, which were more expensive because there were a lot of dirt poor kids at the time, it was Supreme wear. Yeah, Supreme. He's wearing all Supreme. <laughs> That's right. And he's totally swagging. <laughs> I sound like an elderly yeah. man. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I have no idea how to feel about Supreme. Like it's stupid. It's awful. Ironically, it's hilarious. If I if I was rocking that right now, I feel like if well, you rocked it, I would get it. Right? But, yeah. No, I right, feel like I could do it. I feel yeah. like we should when we come out with our store. One of the shirts we should put out is premium in the red box. I want to say supreme. <laughs> yeah, why not? Supremium. Supreme. No, just, just premium. Supremium. So he began to document his life in a comic format, creating a fictionalized version of himself what? called Goo Hefner. What? <laughs> Goo? <laughs> Why that? How spell? G-O-O. Common. Goo. So is he, has he tag-teamed someone yet? Um, No, actually, he hasn't been laid. Oh, he's just Goo Hefner. He's, just, he's always gooing in his own pants. Well, if you ever talk to a girl, like, before 1940, Ooh. Um, you were considered a player. At this time. I saw ankle. You know, they thought if if your dick was outside of your pants in anywhere but your bathroom or your bedroom, you were Satanist or you're a communist. <laughs> so um our Why sexual our sexual realities are very adrift. Alright, but let's just be clear. They used to have in the old schools back in the day, <laughs> their gym floors would separate. And there'd be a swimming pool underneath the gym floor. It sounds way more technology than right now. Yeah, public funding got their shit. Right. But you'd imagine back in the day, those girls were wearing their trunks. Good. And you would see the bush poking out from the trunk. So that's a little bit more sexually progressive than I think maybe nowadays. That's why he's gooing. I don't think what girls were allowed on? to be in gym at this time, Travis. <laughs> well, I don't know. This is in my period of history. That's okay. It's barely <laughs> mine. <laughs> he had made the cartoon versions of he and the whole gang of blockheads he hung out with, but with dramatized versions of real-life events. Kind of like a shitty Archie. And Archie's really terrible, so have fun. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, Archie is miserable, although it it's makes rough. for some very interesting porn. I haven't seen that one, actually. I don't know. I mean, Archie's kind of lucky guy. He's got fucking Betty and Veronica. Mm, Man. Yeah. I don't know yeah, any of that. Weird how you do. I don't want to know any of that. I'm just saying, you know, I got an eclectic taste. For you buy Archie this? Porn. <laughs> yeah, it's Rule 34. It's Dude, it's original there. Rule 34. His mother, Grace, was starting to regret how so damn progressive she had been in the fact that she talked to Hugh and Keith about sex at herself and claimed the household to be open discussion on the subject. Mm. He would constantly bring it up, 
and I'm paraphrasing now, Mom, I want to fuck. And she would say <laughs> oh. something like, you don't have the means to raise baby, you're 17. And he would well, go, yeah. still want fuck. I can pull out. Let me smash. <laughs> I can pull out. Yeah. Solution. And then Hugh would ask to borrow the car and storm out of the house angrily and pick up some of his gang members and they would get ice cream or some dumb shit Yeah, like that. gang shit. Remember that? <laughs> the good old days when gangs just like had root beer floats. Yeah, bro, you want to go down to the jerk, bro? What? You want to jerk at the jerk? Oh, God. You want to split a banana split? You could murder me if I ever talked like these people. <laughs> In his last days of his high school years, he became infatuated with his best friend's girlfriend damn it Janie Borson the two wrote letters Bors. yeah Bors. Bors. good old timey name the two wrote letters and had really long talks underneath the, the bleachers and then they ended up uh, just snogging you know mm. snogging I love that word good good verb yeah, but after this nonsense was broken off, which kind of broke Hugh's heart, Hugh found himself his first ex-wife, Millie Williams, a violin-playing chocolatier that took to pulling on young boys' heartstrings. Oh! Was there heavy petting? So much heavy petting. Oh! Fact that, that was chocolate? Yes, she uh, she worked in the Mars Chocolate Factory. She packed fudge? Mm. Uh, I think she worked there for her whole life. Cocoa butter acts as a very excellent lubrication for anal. That's true. Also, it gets rid of stretch marks. Yes. Well, yeah, I mean, you're going to stretch your anus, so... Right, so she would go and use cocoa butter and rub it between her her joints and go (laughs) sit on boys' laps and practice the heavy petting with any (laughs) high school football player who found her brunette sexy Bob attractive. She was just something else. I'm getting real aroused over here. Well, that's the point of this episode. It is episode 69. I'd like to say that again. I, I might just 69 something. That's divisible by three. And I know we didn't say this, but if you're... You just made 69 the least sexy thing. Fuck you. 96-ing is the least sexy thing. You just brought us to a pigeon episode. God damn it. Dude, it's all about 420. That's right. What are we going to do for 4... What are we going to do for... Shut up. What are we going to do for 420? For episode 420? Yeah. We're probably going to do one of the Marleys. Willie Nelson ah. is still kicking, isn't he? He is, but not by now, he'll be dead by 420. By 420, he's gone. <laughs> mm, okay. He, you know what it is? His bandana is going to cut off the circulation of his tiny little head. <laughs> Maybe he's already been dead, but like no one's checked like the trailer bathroom yet. Right, because he died with joint in hand. Yeah, it's just like, that stinks differently. Yeah. <laughs> it smells like a fingernail. <laughs> Dude, is that Gorilla Grape? <laughs> So the two maintained a relationship during Hugh's army training in Madison, Wisconsin. That's right. He did join the army. Okay. Ah, during World War II. Wild yes. War II. Mm-hmm. On a furlough back from training in Chicago, he became angry with his mother. He complained that she made a fairy tale of life for him. And he wasn't ready for the real world. As in all the other guys in boot camp said the N-word a lot. Shit. Oh. He didn't like that because Q was like, he's an equal man. All so, right. Well, okay, that's good. He's is, a good guy. What no, is he doing good. right now? Is, is he complaining to his mom that she didn't drop the N-word more in the house? Kind of. Well, okay. she, well she raised him in a, in a sense where every day when she made eggs for him, she's just like, everyone is good. Everyone is normal. There's right, no well, evil in all the world. Right. So let's give a little fucking round of applause to uh, yeah. what, Grub. What's her name? Grace. Grace. Uh, what's her? She has a gross name, though, right? 
Grace Swanson. Grace Grace Meatloaf Swanson. That's Let's a give delicious a round of name. That's a delicious name. To us. her equal opportunity lady. Surely. Yes, and after finishing his training in 1944, he was assigned to what you would call the Chairborne Infantry. What? Chairborne? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they gave him a desk job. Ah! Desk jockey. Yes. Even though he had won medals for sharpshooting and boot camp, his typing was considered to be deadly accurate. Oh. Whoa! Did you ever play House of... Was it House of the Typing Dead? Yeah, House of the Typing Dead. That's it's enough. House of the Dead, but you you just it's for touch typing. Flask. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty much what you did. He never saw any action. Oh. Uh, well, I mean, you know, that's fine. I'm not going to judge him on that, but uh, he's not necessarily a veteran. Uh, after World <laughs> War II. Whoa. What? Uh, not no, he's a vet. combat veteran. He's not a combat veteran. Yeah. He's still a vet. He did his thing. I worked at the DMV during 1942. <laughs> that's not a military. That's that's a government job. That's the same thing he was doing. That's not a war effort. Yeah, it is. DMV? Totally is. The DMV? War on cars. War on... All right, you can get into Amun Wars over here. War on patience. All right, yeah, all right. No, no, look, it's fine. Gotcha. So anyway, uh, after 1946, uh, Hugh had been made a corporal and then was honorably discharged and sent back to Chicago. There you go. He turned into Matthew McConaughey from... Dazed and confused by hanging around Steinmetz High School to recapture his glorious days. Guess what? It didn't work. Oh. Wait, so he was creeping on a high school when he was like what, like twenty? They stay the same. Yeah, pretty age. much. Yes, well, 20, 21 too. He was just he was just kind of hanging out, being like, "Nice ass, toots." <laughs> <laughs> say that out loud. <laughs> Shit. Meet me under the bleachers. Yeah. Why was that the best place to? It's so exposed. And I, I have. I mean, I remember when I was a young kid. Uh, my mom used to run around the track at the high school that we went to. Uh-huh. Okay. And she just like, you know, this was the 90s, so you just leave your kid anywhere, and it would just do things. And we survived. And we survived. You didn't good. have to leash them or anything. No. So I, I went under the bleachers, and I found a little needle, <laughs> and uh, I was like, I'm going to play doctor right oh, now. Jesus fucking and Christ. And... I like came out out of the bleachers with his needle, and my mom was like, she just done like two laps or whatever. She's winded. Good on Nancy. Yeah, and I, and and I'm like, hey mom, I'm gonna play doctor, and I was gonna like stick the needle in my That's arm, and she probably just probably a mother's smacked, nightmare. Yeah, she just smacked the fucking needle out of my hand. <laughs> It's one thing when your child gets AIDS, but it's another thing yeah. when you watch your child get AIDS. <laughs> it was an insulin needle, right? Travis? So great things happen behind the bleachers. That's right. So he was still in a sexless, long-distance relationship with Millie, who was attending the University of Illinois, 90 miles south from his Chicago home. Wait, this guy hasn't got laid yet? Nope. Oh. Back then, it was normal. Uh, he decided to enroll using the GI Bill. He fit in right with the frat life and pledged as a Phi Eta Sigma. Phi Eta Sigma. Sounds sexual. Sounds Greek. Phi Aeonius Signanius. So at the time, he's still stating his future ex-wife, Millie, in what Hugh described as a friendship held together by two and a half years of foreplay. That... Mm. Eventually, the two made plans to have premarital sex in a sleazy hotel. Oh, my goodness. Oh, did it have the vibrating bed? The uh, heart-shaped hot tub? I don't yeah. know. I didn't get the any... Mirrored uh, ceilings? And all those things. It uh, had all of them. Uh, I hope so. Porn. I, I truly hope it did have these things. Bed bugs. HBO. 
All the bullshit. National emergency. That's what it had. Yes. Aquafina for three seventy five. Yeah. So it turns out that their sex was awful, as most first timers well, yeah. do have awful sex. It's like a pump, pump. Oh. But also, <laughs> you gotta do it. Yeah. You gotta uh, do it. So regardless, it's like a coming of age story. Oh. I hate that term so fucking much. Coming of age. So. Like a of the, I get it. It's it's just not landing. <laughs> it's landing. It's Everywhere. like a Brie. It's like a Stilton coming of age. Yeah. It's not pasteurized. That's for sure. No. Some mm. of that illegal stuff. Unpasteurized. It's like the nip is out. Oh, man. Coming of age. <laughs> Thank you so much. So regardless of the shitty sex, they still got married. <laughs> So let's talk about some literature that inspired Hugh to become the dope on a rope that he was. Okay. All right. In 1948, Alfred Kinsley published Sexual Behavior in the Human Male. It was one of the most talked about books in America at the time. In this book, Kinsley examined the sexual behavior dispassionately and presented his findings as scientific fact without weighing down of any moral value or social norms. Mm. What? So basically, he was the first guy to publish a book that just examined how many guys, I mean, how guys jerked off without telling them that it was bad. I mean, that's good. It's like a taboo expose. Yeah, exactly. So wait, hold on. As Kinsley, in the words of Kinsley, I actually know a quote by heart. I don't have any material here. Okay. I just, uh, you never do. Shut up, Cody. I always do. So first, he unzips his fly. He strokes his shaft. Coming of age. <laughs> what did Coming I say? I'm going to give you what ten minutes. What did I just minutes. say about something? What? Well, <laughs> the boy becomes the man through the coming of age. I am Kinsley. Yes. And then he gets sexual with his body. That was a quote from Kinsley's book. <laughs> Kinsey's book, Sexual Behavior in the Human Male. Yes. By Ben, Travi- by by ben Kin- Kinsley. Travis, uh, how is that? How's this? I propose something now. You give me an idea. Yeah. What if we do a book reading yeah. for the yeah. Patreons where you read this whole book? Wow. Mm. And we post it in chapters for the Patreon. Uh, we we need to, we need to make our Patreon switch to Is that the book over there? No, I don't have it, but oh. Amazon is still keen on us. Oh, we, they still sell <laughs> books? Yeah, they may have not come to New York, but they still come here. Uh-huh. Uh, all I'm saying is we need to switch our uh Patreon to explicit. Oh, it's not already there? I don't know. Well, all right. <laughs> Let us know right in. So, as well as this shaped Hugh's sexual nature, one thing it didn't help him with was the situation with Millie. Uh, he finished the university, started working in a... Uh, I see uh, what you did there, Tom. You said finished. Yeah, but I also have to cut that. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, but you said finished, so I you could just cut the whole episode. You finished. Yeah, the right. end. <laughs> right. When she finished university, she started working at a school in Chicago. While on the job, she had a sexual liaison with a stinky high school coach. That's redundant. Uh. Hugh said that he would forgive her and still marry her. Spoiler, I believe that he used her guilt for this to get a lot of sexual things out of her that she did not want. Anal. Probably butt stuff. Anal. Yeah. Anal. It's always butt stuff. That meatloaf song? 
Mm-hmm. I would do anything for love. Guys, if you have a woman. I wouldn't do that. Uh, guys at home, if you have a woman and uh, you love her and she cheats on you once, just hold it over her head. Just <laughs> use it as a tool. All right. You know? Become the DeWalt you want to be. <laughs> and just. The tool you want to and, be. And guilt her into every position. All right. Throwing it out there. Anal. What about what? Overrated, okay. What are we you talking about? You can't just say here? anal question mark. You, gotta, a- yeah. you, you have anal. to you have to specify delivering or receiving. Alright, well I'm assuming. Ladies. Ladies in the room, anal? blondes. All of you. A show of hands. Who all likes 47 anal? Of you. They all oh, they my, all liked what? anal. Wow. They did that in unison too, ex- as ex- if they were waiting. Except that one. She had one too many quaaludes. Karen. Uh Taylor. Uh, the female, Taylor, do you like anal? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you heard it. Taylor likes anal. <laughs> Hooray. All right. So after college, Hef gave up drawing his autobiographical comic strip series about Goo Hefner. Um, uh, Millie and him married. They moved back in with Hugh's parents in the house where they fucked so loud that the neighbors complained ooh, so many times to Mammy Grace. Mammy Not- Grace. Get get that boy out of here. Several occasions of longtime neighbors going, your boy fucked too much. Fuck too loud. Yeah. So Hugh tried to go back to school to get another degree, but he left five months later. Then he found a job as a copywriter in a department store. Six months after that, he found himself working at the magazine Esquire, which is still around today. Oh, I know them very well. Yes. and That's a good one. And Hugh did want to work there because he saw this magazine as a wonderful publication for all kinds of sophisticated people. Well, right. You know that Esquire right now is all about the Me Too movement. Are they? Yeah. Wow. Let's just put it out there. You Hefner worked for Esquire. Well, All about the Me Too movement. Hmm. All right, fair enough. Uh, He found it was not the dog and pony show that he imagined it to be. The company decided to close its Chicago branch and expand their New York facilities. That's how it goes. They offered him a job there. He was not being fired. They asked him to relocate. He asked for an additional $5 a week to be compensated for the move, and they said no, so he left. Oh, it was... $5. I'm leaving. $5 of what? This is like what? The... 40s? It's uh, this is the f- yeah late late. This is mid 40s, so it, it it breaks down to an extra, breaks down to an extra like seventy dollars a week. But also uh, because everything is skyrocketing, a real estate style that doesn't go anywhere today. Yeah, but. you know. So he was like, basically, are you gonna give me anal every week? It was or Abraham uh, Lincoln's face hmm. on a greenback. Yeah, no. He's like, you're not giving me anal every week, so uh, I'm out. Bye. Uh, bye. <laughs> See Not ya. going to New York. Yeah. So in January 1952, he began working at Publishers Development Corporation, a company that published modern art, art photography, and modern sunbathing. Boring. Three, three magazines that did not have very good distribution. Wait, modern sunbathing? Yes. What is modern sunbathing? I guess it's something you read while you're sunbathing and you look at other people who are also sunbathing but weeks before. I always wonder about that shit. You like walk by, like it's rare nowadays, but you like go like to like, you know, one of those ruins of like a Barnes and Nobles and you see like a periodical rack, mm-hmm. you know, that goes for like, you know, an entire wing of the store and you see magazines that are literally just like crocheting. Yeah. And like, how are you on your 96th issue of this? Like how... 
hasn't this been just four? That was a big problem you in know the I mean? 90s and early 2000s. It's kind of disappeared now with the common usage of the internet. A lot of magazines have gone under. Yeah. Um, but I feel like sunbathing is one of those. Like, how do you have multiple issues? Yeah. Before Reddit. Well, all of these magazines contained nudity, so Whoa. they never had subscriptions so due to the fear of the post office removing them on the basis of obscene material. Oh, my God. It was easier for the company to operate under the radar. But young Goo Boy mm. learned a lot about the newsstand distribution at the time due to this. Still, he was unhappy... Even though he got paid a little bit more, and he got to look at pictures of Nicoletta's. Oh, the tibbies. Yeah. All about the tibbies. Tibbies are out. They're wild. Wild. Yeah. Sunbathing. So where does this man go next? The strip club. Maybe. Oh. Hugh went to work for Children Activities, a children's <laughs> magazine okay. with a circulation of shit. about a quarter million. Oh, so it's basically highlights. Kind of. <laughs> With exactly no tits. Yeah, yeah. Imagine. Highlights is is just I I feel I really feel like the only people that got highlights were the dentists. It's dentists and anti-vaxxers. Wow. <laughs> and anti. Oh, just get preoccupy yourself with this. You have the measles, but don't worry. We keep reading highlights. I realize you're stuck to the bedsheet, son, but it's for your liberties. <laughs> what was the name of it again? Uh, children's activities. I'm trying to imagine, like, Ron Jeremy for Scholastic. You know what I mean? Just going to a Scholastic book fair and seeing, like, a cardboard cutout of Ron Jeremy in the corner. <laughs> Fuck! Yeah. Excuse uh, me. Hello, Scholastic. Here's a picture of me and my dick out, but I'm also wearing a Hawaiian shirt, which kids like. <laughs> kids love it. It's like SpongeBob Square. See the colors? Yes. So, Hef had made a compilation of risky cartoons and self-published and distributed the book that he titled The Toddlin' Town, a rowdy burlesque of Chicago manners and morals. Wait, he's putting this in a kid's magazine? No, no, it was self-published. Oh, okay, I was going to say. Like, if he was going to put out pubs, if he was going to put out uh, Spongebob pap smear, I don't oh. know... I, if he's going to put out a kid's magazine, I don't know! <laughs> I don't know exactly uh, what would happen! Ah... Uh, Spongebob pap smear. Who <laughs> oh, lives in your vagina? That's all smelly. Spongebob pap smear. I mean, it's already bikini bottom. That's yeah. the joke. Well. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the cover featured a stripper surrounded by a bunch of smiling men, drink in hand. Very racy uh -huh. at the time. Uh -huh. He got it placed in a few bookstores and various shops around Chicago's entertainment industry. The book was a relative success and planted the seed in Hugh's tiny head that he should go into business 100% for himself. Hmm. Drawing tibbies. But Hugh's nonstop erectile curiosity also led him to information on the dark truths of our nation's Protestant bedroom Big Brother laws. What's that? Uh. Harkening back to his college days when he wrote a 76-page paper for a social pathology class called Sex Behavior in the U.S. Law. How many pages? 76 pages. How? Now, he examined the male sexual practices inside and outside of marriage, such as sex with night ladies, incest, affairs, sodomy, and homosexuality. That's pretty dark, bro. You can go for 76 fucking pages. All and right, so a man gets an seven erection. Seven more than six. Dude, I could do it right now. Man gets an erection. He looks for something dark and wet, like an earthworm's environment. Why do you fetishize dark? And then, and then... He watches a bug's life, and then 
his dick takes on its own thoughts. <laughs> and that is how reproduction and sexual urges occur. All right, the cool. male penis brain. All right, fair wow. enough. Just play this if you want to skip giving your kids a sex toy. <laughs> but with all these things he examined, he also examined how these were all legal things and then how they matched up in the judicial system and statutes and punishments applied to them. Hmm. His research concluded that accounting for all this fucking and all these laws theoretically placed 90% of America's males in jail. Yeah. Okay. Happens. So he's kind of doing a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, guess what? We all do it. Why is this fucking illegal?" Right, exactly. Mm. Sodomy, which if you don't know this, if you live in a civilized place, you probably haven't heard of this. Sodomy is technically a blowjob. Is really? Yeah. Wait, how is that? What, what is sodomy? What is sodomy? What, what is so, illegal sodomy? So I was, I was under the influence, uh, the impression that sodomy was butt stuff. Me too. But apparently wow. sodomy in the law books is technically blowsers and butt stuff. It's anything but the vagina? Yeah, exactly. So like if I got like a armpit job or something, or like a foot job. Yeah, that's, that's sodomy. That's sodomy. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. What if I wave my dick bef- like in the empty space before the woman? Like that's not a vagina. Am I? Is that sodomy? Am that's, I going to that's, jail? That's indecent exposure. That's a Harry Potter well, fetish. She asked me to wave it in front of her. That's a Harry oh, Potter okay. fetish. That's they, technically they fine. Do. As long as yeah. she doesn't touch it with her mouth, hands, or anuses. What is she allowed to touch it with? Her vaginas. Anything else? That's it. Her hair as well is fine. Uh, well, the which hair? Well, uh, head hair. Maybe. Yes, that's fine. No, I, I actually, I went to the Supreme Court. I said. Judge Kavanaugh, can you please tell me about which hair is fine for me to put my dick in? He said, head hair. What if she's, like, taking off her shirt? Have a beer. What if she's, like, taking off her shirt? Have one of these beers. (laughs) And then then I was like, hey, judge, bro, yeah, I'm having it. What if she's, like, taking off her shirt? And And he's like, I did not do sodomy. I touched her head hair. I didn't do sodomy. It was on purpose. I did research on Hugh Hefner, not dicks. I did so- where they get touched. Like, I I did research on Judge Kavanaugh, and he's alive because I just know I I knew you were gonna bring up sodomy, and I was like, hey, this guy knows about it. So like, what if she's taking off her shirt and her elbow bumps your dick? Sodomy, sodomy, sodomy. sodomy. What if she's like untying her shoe and like the end of the shoelace like brushes your scrotum? Right. Uh, sodomy. Uh, yeah. All right, uh, Kavanaugh. What is it? Sodomy. What if she sneezes and a booger like lands on your taint? Well, the, you got a booger on your taint then. Not uh, sodomy. Not sodomy. Nah. Yeah, yeah, you won. You got one, Cody. Now one, you got a, you got a booger on your one taint. One for Cody. <laughs> one boogery taint for Cody. Hey, uh, hey, Kavanaugh, is uh, fucking a booger sodomy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't take that away from me now. Oh, uh, yeah. All right, so look. So Hugh knew he wanted to start a magazine because he likes to read and his dick is always hard. He's got a fucking four-decade-old erection just ready to go. Wow. He wanted he wanted to become the so-called lifestyle that he wanted to write about. Mm. He needed to embrace Uh-oh. this, you understand? He's, He's a method acting. So him and Chocolate Millie moved into a five-bedroom apartment in Chicago's south side, decorated it, to fit his desire to be a bohemian. So, what does that mean? What, I always hear that, and it costs more money. But what does it mean? It, it's really just that, though. Cost more money for no reason? More expensive paint from Bear. 
Um, it's got those popcorn fucking ceilings. Yeah, you buy prints from from artists for way too much money. Pier one. You, you buy very heavy Where's dining room tables. Target. Those things. It's it's uh it's a lot, man. It's we're not here to do that. I fucking hate Bohemians. <laughs> well, I mean, don't be racist now, dude. That's the perfect <laughs> retort I've ever heard on this podcast. Even though his relationship with Millie was at an all-time low, he involved her heavily in his social events that he started innocently enough with dinner and a movie, but kind of turned into heavy petting parties and then basically orgies that he would film sometimes. I hate how heavy petting turns into orgies. It's well, just... that's just how it starts, dude. God they say it. no heavy petting at the public swimming pool, but you know what? You, got, you gotta leave room for the Holy Spirit, Travis. Yeah, well... Yeah. <laughs> Christian... Side hugs. Do you only. know you know Jesus is having orgies? There's a whole like we've mentioned it before. There's a whole like fifteen years of his life that we don't know about. You invited over couples and would try to swing with them, but it was never a real swing because Millie never wanted to have sex with whoever Hef brought back. So Hef would just fuck his friends' wives. And somehow everyone was cool with it. Or rather they pretend to be cool with it around the up and coming social oh. life. He's doing uh, the thing again. What do we do? Just have another weenie. Just have another cocktail weenie. Fucked his brother's wife, Ray. Wow. So that was fun. <laughs> Wait, her name was Ray? <laughs> yeah. It was Ray. Uh-huh, what a Hello, mean, um. mean, mean person. My name is Ray. Don't mind the bush. <laughs> According to his longtime friend and self-proclaimed sex explorer, Sheldon Sellers... You didn't go with <laughs> sex explorer. You, 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 you went for sex explorer. It was a fucking... Lob, Tom. No, it was T-ball. It was fucking T-ball. You could have just what said What did I sex- say? You said sex explorer. Just say sex explorer. Yeah, but what did I say before? Words, probably. I said self-proclaimed. <sighs> As in, I didn't come up with the terminology. I'm using quotes. <sighs> Eldon Sellers considered himself a sex explorer. I hate it. Sheldon, Sheldon Sellers, we will do a sexual act with each other. Yes, well, that's what happened. Uh, Eldon Sellers <laughs> said that Hugh also did some dude stuff. Dude stuff. Oh, like like, so he's doing a butthole. And again, you think you keep assuming butthole. bottoms and tops, Travis's. Travis's. I'm plurals now. That's plurals. Right. Which is not really a big deal in the grand scheme of the uh, future abuse, we'll find out. But, uh,. You know that definitely threw Millie for a loop when he, when he, uh, when she found a a dude was sucking his dick. Oh, is that is that, a, is that what it is thrown for a loop? Like oh, vapors. <laughs> oh. Yep. I feel like that's not the persona that he went for though in his later age. No, I mean <laughs> this is Hefner? still early. Yeah, this is still very. All young. I'm just saying is where is the male prostate? It's in the anus. It's in the, it's in the booties. You wanna you wanna get off? Maybe a finger in there. A little coochie coo might do you a good. Way down yonder in the Chattanoochee, <laughs> finger my butthole. It's a hoochie coochie. <laughs> yeah. Come, maybe, come may, hither motion. Maybe a yeah. vibrating tongue. So with all this, Hugh <laughs> was still not satisfied by all of this stuff, having felt that Millie did not do his sexual prowess justice. So he began to have an affair with a sexy nurse with a solid set of rooks on her. I I wanted him to initiate it like that. Like, I'm going to begin to have an affair with you now. And she's like, "Uh, okay. uh, Surely. Okay. Uh, Yes. All right, how big were they? My mom just got to vote recently. (laughs) How big were they, though? 
Let's be. Let's Pre- be real. Pretty big. You know, he was in big tits, good G- can situation. Give me like a grapefruit. Give me like a ballpark uh, bra size. I don't know. Come on, give me a ball. I'm asking you for a ballpark. I don't know the it's size. Like a Frank. Like, like. All right, pretend. All right, here we go. Pretend you're Michael Jordan, and I'm saying it's not summer, and you're like, what size? Would it get a pastor to sweat? That's the question. I guess so, because it got him to sweat. Okay. In a way. All right, so we're at least talking like I don't, I don't double know, Ds. I, at least well, double Ds. This nurse. This Hello, nur- nurse. Yeah, this nurse could be Jessica Rabbit, for all we know, or she could also be ice cream cone pointed. A pointed? Yeah. Torpedo tits. I don't know. It's. I'm just saying that. All right. So we're talking like friendlies cone. He's not doing very well right now. Well, like, he he's doing better than Millie, according to him, because he right. never felt guilty from any of this re- relationship. He felt that oh. he was just compensating for Millie's lack of sexual interest, which, I mean, I don't blame her because, you know, her, her husband's out banging other girls right in front of her yeah. and going, no, it's okay. It's a revolution. Don't you understand? I'm doing so much for society. <laughs> As she's getting reamed. <laughs> yeah. This is fine. I'm yeah. the goo man. Don't worry about me. So now he was truly the American man he wanted to write about. Perfect. A grander form of the glory days of his dry humping goo Hefner. Mm. <laughs> so this is like 50s now. That's right. We've, like Jack Kerouac, so he's like, bop, 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 and you was like, giggity, giggity. Right. We're not jitterbugging anymore. We're jiving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So speaking of glory days, the final kick in the butt that gave Hugh the gusto he needed to pull through with starting his own publication was his high school 10-year reunion. Oh. oh. So it was a variety show that he and his best friend slash original cuck, Jim Brophy. OG cuck. MC'd together. Perfect. <laughs> yes, they best in these dopes praises that were everyone else who showed up to their uh, comedy sketch jazz tune variety show that they threw on. Let us do things for you. Within weeks, he was starting his first magazine. What was it called, everyone? A uh, Playman. Uh, work Girl. Stag Party. Oh! Sounds gay. Sure was. <laughs> he managed to put together eight grand in bank loans, furniture pawn, uh, girlfriend investors, and even from both Grace and Keith giving him $1,000 each. This is about 75 k in today's money. Can you wow. imagine, like, a fucking, like, young Hugh Hefner, like, knocks on your door and is just like, can I get startup for a porn? Well, it's not a porn, Cody. Let me tell you something. This oh. is a distinguished magazine with political commentary, articles, culture, sport, and boobus. There's, Wait. Wo- there's words <laughs> on the page. So yep. he's doing all this shit for his 10-year anniversary? No, no. What I'm saying is that he did the anniversary, and then right after was oh, just okay. like, I need to entertain people. With boobs. Right. So right. he was like, well, this man is working for Grumman. He's making a million dollars. And this man is working for... Uh, Nasus, and they're gonna go to the Munis, and and then he's like, I need to write about Boobus because I'm Hugh Heffy. Was that his real name? Hugh Hefner, yes. It wasn't Hubert or Huey. It was no, Hugh. just Hugh. Yeah. Uh, his his mother was from Swedish descent. His father was English and German. You're supposed to pronounce it Hugh. Yes. So with his network of distributors that I kind of mentioned before, mm-hmm. with working working with newsstands and whatnot. 
Uh, he was able to sell enough pre-orders to get the printer to agree to make up the magazines on credit. Doing the pre-order game. Wow. Yeah. Before you... his time, Travis. Yeah, really. Yes. Where's the DLC coming? Is that tibbies? Shit. Is that boobies? Is that jade? Yeah, the nipples come in the DLC. <laughs> I paid $1.99 for Red Tiger camo. So the magazine was a collection of writings, cartoons from himself and a few other hand-selected contributors. I get what you're saying, hand-selected, okay. Get what you're saying. It just needed one last thing to make it truly a sophisticated piece of literature. Boobies. That's right. So, let me tell you where his first set of boobies came from. Whoa! In 1949. We're going back a bit. Whoa. An L.A. photographer took and sold the rights to a picture of a young, raw Marilyn Monroe in the buff to John Baumgarth Calendar Company. Located in Chicago, the pictures ended up not being printed due to the concern of the post office deeming the calendar obscene. That's a theme here. Okay. Hugh drove down to the office of John Baumgarth and convinced him to sell Hugh the rights to the nudes. You see how hard it was for dudes to get nudes at the time? Mm Mm-hmm. You see. Send me nudes. It's hard, dude. Mm -hmm. Guess what? No, it's still hard. It's, it really is still hard. When you just say, send me nudes, ha, 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 meme, so funny, ha, 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 But you know what? It is hard to get nudes. But it's not 1953, are Yeah, fuck off. It's hard to get nudes. Send so, uh, Travis nude photos of your feet, elbow, or upper back. I don't want to see any of those. If any Shut of our up. lady listeners want to send Travis nudes of titties to prove my point. Any of them. It Travis doesn't even Legion. matter. It doesn't even be yours. Our mails, too. Send a picture to Travis Legion on, <laughs> on Twitter or Instagram yep. of your testicles. Chesticles. <laughs> Just testicles. I don't want to see any shaft. Just testicles. Because that's Because fu- <laughs> that's it's funny. funny. <laughs> yeah. And not gay. It's like waiting. If there's, if there's shaft, it's, su- it's, uh, it's unacceptable if there's shaft. Yeah. Well, how you know what? I, I just want to judge all of our listeners about how gay they are. I want you to be the most gay. Right. If you're gay, get gay. If you're gay, get the gayest. If you're not, if you're not gay at all, loosen up, bud. It's like let the bodies hit the floor. And for me, if you're going to be gay, let them gaze at the floor. If you be straight, fucking get all the puss. <laughs> this is wow. He's going crazy. Yeah. If you're straight, <laughs> you ever see, if you're see straight get on the puss. I like that. That's a good <gasps> I feel like you're going to teach me lacrosse in a minute, Travis. <laughs> Dude, I am so ready to teach everyone about lacrosse. Dude, uh, this is Patreon for lacrosse. Right now, it's lacrosse season here at Roast Mortem Academy. Do you think? Do you think that you uh, um, Hefner knew about lacrosse? He surely did. Did he play it? No one outside of New England knows what lacrosse is. By the way. All right. So a month before print time, Hugh got a letter from a law firm representing another magazine called Stag, claiming that the name Stag Party was an infringement on their property. He called a quick meeting with his wife and his sexual friend, Eldon Sellers. Sellers gave him the idea, Playboy, which rang very nicely in Goo's ears. Ah, gooey play. Really? Yep. That's so simple. I I, I was expecting more climactic of a naming, just like, that sounds nice. I watched a documentary that I rented from Huntington Library. 
about <laughs> Hugh Hefner's yeah, I saw lives. that there. It was weird. It was like looked like porn, but there was a there's a library barcode on it. Wait, yeah, you got a DVD about porn at the library? Yeah, they do that. This is hilarious. This DVD is so bad. It Who's was before it? Hugh Hefner died. It's his life story. He's in it a bunch. It opens up with Gene Simmons and his disgusting face. He looks oh. like a fucking burnt sunflower telling you how <laughs> Hugh Hefner changed the game. Just covered fuck, in Vaseline. Fuck Gene Simmons. Yeah, that guy sucks. I can't wait to roast him. And Travis, for the people at home that can't see this DVD case, where's the Huntington Public Library sticker place? Right, it's right over his sexual dick. Over Hugh Hefner's sexual like his his jack could be out right now but it says huntington public library 338 main street in huntington new york are you, are you doxing the government establishment you're doxing the library but that's where his sexual dick is so if you want if you want q hefner's dead dick go on down to huntington public library but wait until tom returns it yeah, yeah don't, don't i'll, I'll do return that. it tomorrow so it'll, right, be, fine. it'll be fine yeah, so the first issue introduces itself with this nice quote. If you're a man between the age of 18 and 80, Playboy is meant for you. If you like your entertainment served up with humor, sophistication, and spice, Playboy will become a very special favorite. I like to think he said it in that cadence, too. Very nice. Mm. What were those openings? I'm not done yet, Cody. Okay. Let, me, let me go more. It's 18 to 80. But... Mm. We want to make it clear from the very start, we're not a family magazine. If you're somebody's sister, wife, or mother-in-law and picked us up by mistake, please pass us along to the man in your life and get back to your lady's home companion. Wow. Massy stuff. Misogyny. Yes. I, it's the, it's a charming misogyny. We don't no, get it anymore. It's not charming. It's very effective. <laughs> charming. Very effective marketing. I'll give you yeah, that. Yeah. It's like it's like that propaganda. That's just like if you don't know what it is to be an American, ask a real American. You know what I mean? It like kind of insults you a little bit. Oh, Dude, course, he yeah. is the he is the Hellman's of misogynies. Wow. Yeah. Can that be the subtitle no, of the it- episode? <laughs> the Hellman's of misogynies. <laughs> It's ridiculous, but uh, it's honest. It's honest. I mean, I guess you so. know what? That's fucking rare nowadays. Anyway, like that's what it, I mean. I, I, I yeah, today that would be refreshing if someone's just like, "We're not this. Don't don't get your hopes up. We're not this." Yeah, I, mean, po- I get that. I mean, we bring it up all the time, but it's like any video game that comes out now. It's just like try a complete game, and then you have to buy the rest of it. Yeah, later. yeah. I mean, any product. Buy the same thing more again later. But what if you're 82 and you still got a fucking rock hard boner? Well, like then, that's exclusive. You know, you're excluding that person out of that demographic. Well, I mean, it starts with 18 and goes to 80. Now, 18 may have been the legal age of purchase, but that's fine. But what if I'm 82 years old? What if we're, you're 12 years old and you're well, exploring your body? Uh, all right, I get that. But maybe you shouldn't look at that. Maybe you should try a little harder. Okay, so you're 82 you know? years old and you don't get it. But anyway, uh, Playboy <laughs> sold really fast. In its second year, it outsold Esquire, the very magazine that started Hugh Hefner's career. Uh, Me Too movement, has Esquire. The conservatives, the, the religious, and the elderly hate it. But Oops. the numbers were fucking fantastic. As mm-hmm. you'd imagine. 1.1 million copies a month by the end of 1956. And how, wow. would this, how would this come to you as a customer? Would it be on your, like, doorstep? Or would Very it be good your question, box, Cody. Or would you pick it up at a stand? Did you read my script? No. Damn. 
was you're just looking right in through me. So uh, that was my question too. So for We're all geniuses. So when it first launched, it just went to newsstands, things of this nature. They drove it off. They dropped it off. So you'd places. have to run out and be like, "Can you put this in a paper bag?" Yeah. Honey, I'm just buying the New York Times. But you remember how I said before that some of the other publications I talked about were afraid of the post office, but not Hugh. Hugh applied for a permanent permanent second class mailing permit, but the post office refused. Because of obscenity? Yes. The postmaster general Arthur Summerfield told Hugh if he changed some of the content in the magazine, oh. he would help him out. Oh, the government censoring the ma- oh. So this basically just turned uh, Hugh into a libertarian. Yeah. Uh, Basically, whoever was president should have declared a national emergency. That's right. (laughs) A handful of them. We need more boob and mail. (laughs) (laughs) So this ended up... I mean, no, this was probably like JFK, right? uh, Well... Roughly, 60s? 50s. This is Eisenhower. Eisenhower. Yeah. So... This he had to drop bomb. He should be like, drop that bomb. The thing is, is that Eisenhower didn't care. It was Arthur Summerfield. Uh, uh, so, so uh, a position that By still exists today. The post office has a general running it. Do we <laughs> need that? That's like Commander Beverly Crusher yeah. from Star Trek Next Generation. You don't need She's to say doctor. from Star Trek Next Generation. I know goddamn well. I don't know what she, the fuck she is. She holds mm-hmm. the bridge, and what she does for a living, she fixes people's boo-boos, which is very important, All of but them. that does not qualify her running right. a goddamn starship. I don't I know. love Beverly. But I think she eventually does. She did in a couple episodes. I mean, not I don't know what you're talking Angel about, Mars. but like, I know Doc Bever- Crusher. Do you remember when Beverly took that cream pie? That was fucking sick. What are you talking about? Uh, I, like, right. I looked up like cream pies, big boobs, and then... Uh, you did research for this? Uh, yeah, I did. And Beverly Crusher <laughs> showed up? Beverly Crusher, my dick. Uh, you know, yeah. Did you do all your research in incognito work, mode at work? <laughs> I did, yeah. At work, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just pulled my dick out right at work, and, uh, you know, I, I tucked my... I, people have gotten a boner at work. Let me just say this. Let me just say this is some real shit. Saying? This is all right. This is some. This is a Vice documentary right now. Right. So when you when you have a bone at work, like and I've I've surveyed people, you pull yourself a little bit further in your desk. Right. Right. Like so, you know. Okay. You're, you're doing the scooch. Right? You can see the scooch. Scooch going in on. it. Okay. Right. I follow. And like you might need to like like go for like a scratch kind of, but you're really just tucking your dick on the side of your pants. And you then if the you have side to, of the pants, I go in the waist. But then, it, yeah. Well, then okay, I was gonna go there. What about people with standing desks? Well, I was I was gonna go there, right? So if you have <laughs> a standing desk, or if you're going into a meeting, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. have to tuck it under the belt, and that is a little painful. Under but belt. I will say, uh, it makes it uh, seem like you do have an erection, but it's under your belt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. It I'm actually glad. highlights it more when there's tensioned leather across it, believe it or not. All right. Less inconspicuous. Oh, I'm less. just saying. That's tricks. It's yeah. not. You just <laughs> said how ineffective it was. No, it was a pro tip. Fuck off. It's a great way to fake a hernia. You're just flaunting a leather Dude, I am not faking any hernias. I have a frail stomach. You felt it. All right, cool. Well, let's get back to the story here. So this ended up burning uh, the cockles of General Uh. Arthur Summerfield pretty bad because Hugh ended up seeking injunction through the federal courts. 
He challenged the wow. censorship powers of the post office. Holy shit, that's huge. Yeah, it was pretty big. I mean, I like big that First Amendment stuff. He's, he's I do like that. It, he's he's sticking it to the man, like mm-hmm. the government. That's right. Federal. Mm-hmm. This is this is premium. This is highlight mode. Exactly. Exa- well, he has his highest man. Um, yeah. So to quote the, to quote Hugh himself. We don't think the postmaster Summerfield has any business editing magazines. We think he should stick to delivering mail. There you go. There you go. That's that couldn't be more concise. Yep. You, so, I'm standing at attention right now for you. Yeah, that's right. A little, little so, salute for telling the postmaster general to fuck off. So Hef ended up completely winning this victory in courts. The court issued an injunction restraining the post office from interfering with the magazine and awarded Playboy $100,000 in damages. I like this so far. Yeah, great. This is great news. On this top of that. Not fake news, great news. On top of the political win and the monetary win, it made Hugh a celebrity. It put him in the newspapers. Uh, Everyone yeah. knew who Hugh Hefner was from then on. Cool. The man gave us boobies in the mail. Yes. So, enough magazines for now. Let's talk the lifestyle. The first Playboy Mansion was in Chicago. Holy shit. Hefner, more than one. Yeah. town Oh, yes. Hefner bought the mansion in 1959 for $400,000 and put a pool in the basement. There were fire poles installed from the floor above so people could just slide right into the water. That is awesome. Oh, f- there, there are fire poles. Yes. For fire firemen. Fire ladies. Yes. Well, if you're on fire, you go into the pool and then and then you don't drown <laughs> because he had a sexy lifeguard on. Hello. Uh, I'm going to catch you with my double G's. Right. So <laughs> while Hugh lived on the first floor, the bunnies or the models, if you're you know, first timer, mm-hmm. uh, occupied the top two floors of the mansion. They would pay a rent of $50 a month, which is about 420 in today's money. Whoa. <laughs> Yep. Yes. Okay. Yes. Wait. That's actually pretty cool. That's like, great. Hey, you want a cam girl and give me four twenty? You 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 get to you, know, you, you get to have a room for a month. Here's one thing that's not as cool. To keep their spot in the mansion, the bunnies had to agree to have no male visitors and consume only liquor if Hugh offered it. That's so they were they had to stay clean and they had to stay under his 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 watch all the time. So now we're getting to creepy territory. Yeah, it's creepy. It went from like, oh, I'm living with all these gorgeous girls to like, I'm kind of keeping these gorgeous girls now. Uh, yeah, like I feel like if he was harem. I, yeah, mm-hmm. no, I feel like if he was like a sex guy, he'd be like, bring all the fucking dudes in. I don't give a shit. Yeah, well, he, you know, there's jealousy that comes with the territory. Yeah, uh, he threw massive parties for celebrities and high rollers. Uh, they would drink at these parties and do drugs and put fingers into each other's anuses, and it was the talk of the town. Oh, fingers and anuses, the town's chirping about Let's just it. say it was not shy town Yes. Oh. Shy, oh, I see. I see. Then he started opening up Playboy clubs. The Playboy clubs were initially a chain of nightclubs and resorts owned by Hugh. He wanted to bring the magazine fantasy to the life of the average Joe who uh, was leaving the wife and kids at home. The first club opened in downtown Chicago, February 29, 1960. Each club generally featured a living room, playmate bar, dining room, and a club room. Members and their guests were served food, drinks, all by the Playboy bunnies, Mm. some of whom were featured in the magazines. Wow. I seen you in the pictures of things I flipped through. Yeah. They were... (laughs) 
Hooter's older, more respectable brother. I guess you can call it the world's first restaurant. Restaurant. Oh. Let's talk about another future endeavor. Mm-hmm. Playboy Penthouse was a variety show that Whoa. Hugh hosted, and it was possibly the most socially conscious show at the time. He had all kinds of people on the show. White, black, Asian, men, women, politicians, That's arts, all of them. Musicians. The whole lot. Tony Bennett, Sammy Davis Jr., Nat King Cole, Lenny Bruce, Bob Newhart, mostly guys here. Yeah, what's going on? And many more. Tallulah? They'd have a great time and just talk to half. They would do this for 44 episodes and sell it to wherever would play it at night. Wait, they they would play it on... No, 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 they would play it on TV. This is the television. Yes, but it was a syndicated thing, so they would film it and then sell it to local stations late at night. It was meant to be played after midnight. Yeah. So could you booby it up or no? You no, can't. no, no, because they still have those regulations. Yeah, but what's it was the point? Well, it was actually a pretty interesting variety show where they bring people in, they talk to them, they would do numbers, and it was actually in the penthouse. It's not bad. I watched like half an episode. Oh. Watch some highlight reels. Not a bad show. No tits. You know, sexy ladies hanging out. Oh, okay. So Hugh, were they were did did they adopt the bunny ears yet, or is that something that comes later? Well, that was that was adopted at the club. Okay, so during the show, they'd be wearing the bunny ears. No, at this show, they weren't. It was just normal chicks hanging out. Oh, okay. I gotcha. As I mentioned before, he had everyone on the show, and Hugh was overall very good for race relations in this country. Yeah, He was very, very aware of this. He did not like the racial inequalities. Good Uh, for him. I mean, there was even an instance of a a franchise that was purchased for Louisiana, one of the ones that opened in the mid-50s, I mean, late-50s, Playboy Club that wasn't allowed to have black people in because he wasn't the owner. He sold them the franchise. And then when he heard about that, he called up the owner, bought the franchise back from them, opened up the club again, and then let everyone in and then dealt with the law himself. Well, good oh. with you, man. Yeah. That's okay. awesome. That's great. Yes. Everyone should have boners. Buck stops Ex- with you. Exactly. Yeah. Boners see no colors. Yeah. I mean, oh my God. It doesn't the boners matter. are colorblind. That's they right. are. It's a shaft, and it can be in all... It's like the colors of the rainbow, dude. Yes, and even for his magazine, he liked to get some crazy spots. Indigo? See, you know, he liked to put out these pieces that were controversial. The writing in Playboy for a while was actually pretty top-notch. He That's had people. Good. He had, like, Hunter S. Thompson write articles for him. And Wait, stuff. so... All right, hold on. This is... Okay, so he's like, all right, whatever. Black guys can get their fucking heart on. That's fine. But did he show, like... Black chicks? He did. Oh, he did? He did, yeah. That's cool. That's great. That's fucking awesome. I mean, yeah, but also we're going to get into his his feeling on women. Okay. Um, But anyway, like I'm saying right now, we're going to talk about the whole race thing for a bit. Um, In 1966, he booked an interview with the leader of the American Nazi Party, George Lincoln Rockwell. Oh. So Rockwell Mm. agreed to do the interview, but he requested... That the writer not be Jewish. So Hef was like, oh, I could do that. So he sent an African-American writer, Alex Haley. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Stuck it to him. Wow. That's Uh, great. Rockwell started the interview pretty rough and threw the N-word at the guy. And this dude, uh, Alex Haley, he was like, I've been called the N-word a million times. I'm getting paid for it now. I'm fine with this. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, fuck off, dude. Uh, (laughs) That is the most advanced form of I am rubber, you are glue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that is the expert adult version to play that card. 
Yeah, when, oh, you, wow. when you actually do it. Yeah, I mean, that's like, oh, wow, you're just such a big guy right now. Yeah, exactly. Think I haven't been called that? <laughs> so Rockwell took a handgun out and left it on the table during the whole interview. Uh, and Alex Haley kept his cool and did the interview. No problem. Great. And then he left. So good. Yeah, pretty interesting. Hugh wanted to fuck up some not-so-cool things that the country had going on at the time. Yeah, that's good. All right, that's good. I'll say this. Ballsy for Haley. 100% all the way through. Yeah. Little shitty on Hugh Hefner for putting an armed Klansman and a black guy in the same room together. Well, I'm pretty sure that little sh- li- Haley little was up for it. I'm pretty yeah. sure if Haley I- didn't want to do it, he wouldn't have done it. Okay. He probably talked to you. Yeah. About it. Was there disclosure the Klansman was armed? He, this guy, uh, Haley knew exactly who he was going to interview. Okay. I'm sure if you're like, hey, I'm going to have an interview with a Klansman, you're like, that guy's packed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I feel that'd be in the writer, though. That'd be a big thing in my uh, disclosure. Yeah, I, I, like, I see what you're saying. Does he, does he have a revolver or not? This is, this is the deal breaker for me. Well, the thing is with these KKK, uh, I mean, uh, the, these Nazi people at the time, they're kind of cowards. They have big talk, but they're not going to go shoot someone that was scheduled to be at their house at this time. Well, the problem is, it's like a uh, televised audience or uh, recorded it, audience. Yeah, it was at least on tape. He's yeah. not going to just go kill him. I mean, the, pr- the problem is, it's like, uh, so like all of us are probably comfortable with our wieners being at. Klansmen, they wear sheets and... Uh, you know, uh, all the colors of the wind doesn't apply to them. That's yeah. true. There's a secondary smaller sheet underneath <laughs> yeah. their cloak just to cover the penis. Yeah, you know, that's it's tiny sheet. That's right. <laughs> tiny, <laughs> tiny square sheet. Oh, a little like a little like if you roll up a napkin, a, play, a Playmobil napkin. Yeah, you, you roll up like a little napkin, and you like. Yeah, and you like <laughs> make a little bubble you know in there. How, That's what a Klansman. You know how Adam has that fig leaf covering his penis. Yeah. A Klansman f- fig leaf would be like an eighth as small. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So in 1969, Hef sick 69, uh, Hef <laughs> decided to do another TV show, and uh, he called it Playboy After Dark. Now this was also Whoa. pretty socially conscious, but the social. Uh, movements had changed. This is Vietnam War time. So he gave platforms to some of the culture's hottest people. To uh, A lot of them did talk anti-war and uh, also race relations that was still happening. So uh-huh. he had people in like Joan Baez, The Birds, Michael Caine, and even one fantastic Bill Cosby. Oh, well, you know how he really respected women. Yeah. yeah. In the long run, mm-hmm. really respected Really? <laughs> really did. All right, so I'm done with this kind of cool shit. The Playboy Mansion, the second one, the one we know today, is also known as Playboy Mansion West. Oh. It's where Hugh moved his operation in 1974. Uh, Barbie Benton, who was one of his bunnies at the time, convinced him to buy the home. Located in Holmby Hills, Los Angeles, California, near Beverly Hills, the mansion became famous during the 70s through media reports of Hefner's lavish parties which were often attended by famous celebrities, socialites, and politicians. All right, here's the thing. As a little kid, you know, you know, recognizing the Playboy band, brand and knowing what they do, I always wanted to go to those parties like, oh, cool, important people, tits everywhere. But like my adult 30-year-old self is just like, anxiety is going to be through the roof. Like, I would love to go to those parties, but I would uh, love to go to that party. a few know. things need to change about them, and I'll tell you. I'll okay. tell you what. It is also seconded as a camp for all Hef's bunnies and girlfriends. Mm-hmm. To some of them, this was a place not of paradise, 
but as a hellhole. Oh. Oh. Yes. So these ladies were there against their will. Hmm? Kind of. Yeah, well, okay, so imagine this. You have this guy. He's, like, got a bathrobe on. Uh, he just kind of walks around smoking a pipe. He's got a hat. Yeah. And uh, Is he sporting the uh, sailor hat right now? Yes. Okay. And, and, and he's, like, this guy who's, like, oh, I advocate for women's rights, things like that, because he kind of did. He was a big, uh, you know, he was pro birth control, things like that. But at hmm. the same time, those things also benefit men in yeah. the way that they don't have to worry about certain things. Yeah, for sure. Like, I almost feel like hmm. uh, there's, there's like, a certain degree of, like, there's those guys that are like, yeah, I'm totally pro-women. And, like, in that sense where, like, women were so kind of oppressed that almost doing that was, like, a way to get women. You yeah, know what I mean? Of course, yeah, yeah. Like, and I feel like that's what Hugh is kind of doing right now. Yeah. Virtue signaling constantly. It's yeah. just like, yeah, I'm doing all this for you. Like, you know, it doesn't make... It's the right direction, but he's using it for his... It's a guise. Yeah. Yeah, for his own advantage. Yeah, and, you know, if you had a suspicion that Hugh Hefner uh, wasn't exactly great to ladies, uh, you're right. He treats them like shit. Uh, plain and simple. He was good for sexual revolution. He advocated for contraception, abortion rights, liberating women from Puritan social stigmas. And a lot of that was just to benefit uh, the men's sex life. Yeah, so you get in it. So you'd be like, hey, yo, I'm wearing a condom. You are on birth control. So, like, if I shoot my juice inside of you, don't worry about it. There's a pill you could take. Oh, don't worry about it. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Kind of, yeah. That's the Foley. Uh, yep. Where'd you get those little dolls that you were doing that with? That's uh, crazy. Yeah, I pulled out the some table. dolls out of my table. Great. Well, well yeah, so lifelike. him being an integral part to feminism movements, uh, for better or worse, doesn't make Goo a saint. So right. let's talk about Dorothy Stratton, one of Hughes' bunnies. Mm. On Stratton's first night as a playmate, Hefner forced himself upon her in the infamous Juicy Grotto. The grotto. He raped. Cool. He he raped her, oh, like plain fuck. and simple. That's Not cool, bro. Shit. Uh, yeah. So life in the playmate dominion was kind of fearful and expletive of her in general. She was only twenty years old. Uh, right. So this. Oh is no! Like, excuse me. She wasn't twenty years old at this point. She's eighteen. Uh, she ended up marrying an abusive man because he promised some kind of protection to her. Mm-hmm. Because there was another stigma about you can't work in this town ever again if you leave the mansion. So she she left and ended up with this really abusive guy who ended up shooting her to death and then shot himself. She hmm. was twenty when that happened. Okay. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Dude. Now, granted, killing her is not directly corresponded to Hugh Hefner. It's probably some of the decisions that were made in general by every involved party. Right. But at the same time, he did not help this situation. Mm-hmm. He puts women in a very vulnerable state. Well, this is this is a this is a big thing. So he a died. State. He died last year. Right. Spoiler. Two thousand seventeen. Yeah. A while two, ago. two years ago. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He died last year. Everyone's been, or two years ago. He died two years ago. Whatever. He died a while ago. He died not that long ago. He died in the past. Not that long ago. So everyone's. Yeah, so everyone's all up in arms about. um, What's his name? Uh, uh, Paramount guy. Why can't you talk? I don't know. I'm drunk, dude. All right, who are you talking Paramount guy? Paramount. Who? 
the uh, fucking Weisheimer. Whatever was his name? Jewish guy. What the fuck Weiss. are you talking about? Steve Weiss. Uh, Weiss. Weissman. Weiss, uh, are you talking about Harvey Weinstein? Harvey Weinstein. All right. Okay. Har- all right. Wow. We just Harvey said, Weinstein. I, I just literally said so, all of the Jewish names I could think of. <laughs> so everyone's all up in arms about Harvey Weinstein. And yes, he's a fucking terrible dude. He's terrible. Yeah. But this guy's... So Hugh Hefner's setting up basically what Harvey Weinstein did. Mm-hmm. But like before that. Well, I think Hugh Hefner never got the uh the look that Weinstein has because he was honest in the fact that he was like, I'm fucking these girls. Oh, okay. You know, Weinstein's just like, I'm a big producer. Come over to my to my okay, office. So at there's like a the guys morning. going on with Right, exactly. It's like because yeah. there's a tr- a fake transparency where it's just like these are my ladies, guys. Right, but also like when Hugh started to get older, he looked like a piece of shit. Well, he's always a piece of shit. So anyway, let's keep going. In 1985, this mm-hmm. is when the the, uh, the uh, 1985 is when she was murdered. Strat was murdered, and uh, it also caused. Have to suffer a stroke. He was just so stressed out about this. I oh. mean, uh, this guy, oh. poor guy. Uh, it left him paralyzed and speechless for a little while, but he did a full recovery. He blamed the stroke on the murder, and he kind of used it as a uh, poor me. I'm a victim oh. as well. Oh. That's, that's not to the victim, but that is very funny. Like, oh man, I'm the victim. From this murder, oh, like being, oh, I raped this girl, no, no, and no, then just, I'm a victim. Literally, like literally, just saying I'm a victim of murder is nonsensical. You know, <laughs> no, that's yeah, what yeah, I get <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. I'm a victim of this murder. You shouldn't be able to. You should never be able to say you're a victim of a murder. <laughs> it's very true. So now that we talked about one bunny, let's get into more bunnies. There's always more bunnies. Holly Madison. A former playmate and one of Hef's live-in girlfriends wrote a book dealing with some of the slime he pulled. The book portrayed Hefner as controlling, emotionally abusive, and instigator of emotional drama between the women who had a 9 o'clock curfew and a strict dress code. Dude, 9 o'clock curfew? Really? Yep. Madison claimed that all of Hefner's girlfriends were expected to participate in group sex with him and expected to perform sexual acts in front of him. Is he remarried at this point or no? He had married one more time in his 70s. Okay. So he's he was married twice. I think he has four kids in total. He had two with Millie, broke that shit off. He had two more well, with some, some uh, other blonde. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, how many other kids did he have, though? Well, we don't know that. Yeah. How many did he just, like, throw off the balcony of... Yeah. (laughs) It's not what you do with children, Travis. Oh, he did, probably. Even though it was publicly denied, all the girlfriends... uh, And by this, I mean publicly denied by the active playmates and the people who had an allegiance to him. All the playmates were expected to participate in Hef's bizarre bedtime group sex schedule. It took place at exactly 9.30 every night. That's after their curfew. Well, they... The curfew was to be inside the house, and they would gotcha. be fucking. So Hef offered Madison a quaalude on their first night out clubbing. How generous. When Madison told him she didn't do drugs, Hef replied, usually I don't approve of drugs, but you know what they called these in the 70s? They used to call these thigh openers. Oh, that ugh. is such a great case to put something in your mouth. Don't no. worry. It's called a thigh opener. Put it in your mouth. Yeah, this went from sexy to ugh. 
Yeah, that's fucking gross, yep. dude. Yeah, he used to serve up quaaludes like it was his job in the 70s. Because they put you out and you could just fuck anyone. Now, well, yeah, that's that was... That was for that the, was that was Bill Cosby's drug of choice. For I'll get into that. The uninitiated. What's a quaalude? It's a drug that was big in the seventies and eighties, and it kind of just knocked you out. It was kind of like a Xanax. It was really. like it was, it was pill, more like pill, pill form. format. Yeah, yeah. It's like or, ketamine. Yeah, it, would, it, it had trippier side effects and shit. Yeah. I've never taken one. Also, I'd like to try one. Anyone have some quaaludes? Yeah. They send us. We won't touch buttholes. Yeah. Uh, ba- basically, the no. only thing I really know about quaaludes, and this is a very our age. Uh, um, kind of side note. Okay, is the drug wars I used to get on the uh, on the TI eighty seven calculator? That's good. Yes, yeah. It would you one of the drugs you could sell was quaaludes, and I was like, I don't know what this is. I just smoked weed once. As <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm nice. selling quaaludes, so part then, of- I, then I saw Leonardo DiCaprio doing Meshuga. Yeah. I was like, that's how, that's how quaaludes <laughs> Yeah. So the ritual would be they would watch porn together, smoke pot, and his girlfriends would basically jerk him off and kind of pretend to be having sex around him. Uh, that Madison- sounds great if there's consent. It doesn't sound great if pretending well, to having sex. There's leverage around it. So Madison says that they would take turns pleasing Hef, but he would always finish by himself. Oh, uh, zero intimacy was involved. No kissing, nothing. It was so brief that I can't even recall having a body on top of me. Oh my god, that sounds that's miserable. He's yeah. just a goo man. He is the yeah. he's the goo. He's, he's, he's the goo. goo. That's what he is. He's the goo. I'm the man. I'm the living goo. I'm the come jitterbug with me, baby. Goo on me, goo on you, goo on everyone. Hmm. To quote another ex-bunny, Melissa Howe, if you do something wrong, you'll get an email. There'll be a strict code of conduct. There are even rules about Instagram and Twitter. You've got to show everything in good light, and if you're drunk in a picture, you'll be in trouble. Wait, getting drunk is in trouble? Yeah, it's oh, he wanted his girls. He wanted his girls sober at all times, unless he wanted to do nasty things to them. So they get drunk for the nasty. Yeah. Wait, that's well. He would get them fucked up on quaaludes and 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 like. Any uh, any probably other, a, uh, wait, any other pharmaceuticals to just fuck them up. Wait, probably, he was probably getting them on quaaludes like in the two thousands, and that's weird. Well, he probably like, bought stock in quaalude. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like Dennis the only people quaalude. that did quaaludes in the two thousands were in Africa, and that's like <laughs> a legitimate thing. No, I'm not. Like no, quaaludes are still a thing in Africa. Uh, here's another bunny, Isabella St. James on her experience. Oh, uh, there's more. Now, they were kind of in, like, these weird living situations. It was basically like living <laughs> in a dormitory. Playboy Mansion. Yeah. So, Isabella described dirty carpets at the mansion and a poor state of the girls' bedrooms in her ah. bunk. Although we did our best to decorate our rooms and make them homey, the mattresses on our beds were disgusting. Old, worn, stained. Mm. These sheets were well past their best. Okay. Well, all I'm, I'm saying, all I'm going to say right now, from this point on, Thank God for the suicide girls, because they're way hotter. It's kind of the same situation. They're not and, uh, oppressed. Not oppressed. They're oppressed by daddy. It's different. <laughs> uh... <laughs> well, that's fine. Yeah. 
Take it up with that. He knew about the other people's abuse, too. In 2014, Chloe Goines, Playboy model, claimed in a lawsuit that Bill Cosby drugged and raped her in 2008 at the Playboy Mansion. The lawsuit named Hefner as a conspirator and claims his properties were, in fact, the site of multiple of Cosby's attacks. When Bill Cosby got into more hot water a few years ago, Hefner, according to his own lawyers, stashed the entire collection of sex tape and X-rated photos that... Uh, that he had cemented in a casket into the Pacific Ocean. That doesn't make sense. This casket allegedly has ample video and photo evidence of Bill Cosby with drugged up younger women. Wait, why that did he put it? Sense. Yeah, why did he put it in a casket? You could just burnt it. Yeah, like I don't know, just destroy it outright. Destroyed it. He put it in the casket with cement in it, so you can't access it right. at all, even if you find the casket. Okay. Yeah. And then dumped in the the Pacific just Ocean, destroy it, miles and miles out. Okay. To places we can't even explore right now. Okay. But at yeah, the same time, still, it would still be more of beneficial <laughs> yeah, to right? stomp it out and then burn whatever you couldn't stomp out. That's well, dumb. The, the fact that his lawyers knew about this is pretty dumb. But it I, seems like a tall no, tale is I what do, I'm saying. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to burn it? And then, like, Darren Metropolis is going to go, what are you guys, burn plastic over there? My, dad, yes. my dad's really rich. <laughs> we do all sorts of weird things I'd, over here. I'd burn mansion. it. But I th- feel like we're missing the point here, Cody, is that... He helps yeah, the Cosby boys. Yeah, you're you're He's, you're an assist of Hefner. I know, yeah. I know I'm I, I'm I'm looking at this like, you know, jello cup half full <laughs> because you know what I mean, if this did actually happen, there's Bill Cosby porn out in the universe. It's like the pudding and the jello and the raping and well, the yeah. well, think about it this way. He's dumping a shit ton of evidence. That is Bill Cosby with young women, mm-hmm. all drugged up on quaaludes and whatever, fucking them without permission. Yeah. Imagine how many other celebrities and shit right? were involved with this. This is Bill Cosby. This is mm-hmm. a big example. Mm-hmm. Imagine how many other fucking weirdos exactly. with this L.A. Yeah. weird, uh, I'm a Hollywood star, I'll do what I want kind Every of shit. half producer. Abusing these girls yeah. who are... I'll, I'll f- tell you more. They're getting paid $1,000 a week to be there. Right. They have to basically grovel for their money or they get kicked out. If anything goes wrong with Hugh's arrangement, mm. he could just hold it over their head. He's not writing 1099s for these bitches. Right. He's giving them cold, hard cash. And every time they get paid, they have to go to his office and get berated by him about some shit. Ugh, That's harem. their payment. It's a harem. Obviously, these girls are not the smartest on the fucking market if they're right. going to get themselves in this situation to begin mm-hmm. with. But that's still no they way could to have treat been a, people. They could have been a suicide girl. They, yes, that, and it's just no way to. It's just, it's not. It, no. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not the gentleman smoking a pipe that you want. Well, to be also, seen you think as. you think about how many people live on what Hollywood Boulevard, which is where that mansion is, right? It's on Hollywood Boulevard, right? Uh, yeah, around. around there. Yeah, somewhere around. There. I'm not going back to. The- yeah. Whatever. It's I like, know it's not there. It's in Hollywood. It's yeah. around like, some of the legit sickest- Hollywood, not just saying LA. Yeah. And it's like, dude, like they're having a party every night. Every night. And then it ends so at nine thirty and people, So like yeah. if you want if you're a rich idiot and you want to get your dick sucked or like your fucking butthole fingered or your butthole tongued. Yeah. You're gonna go to this U Hefner's place. To get random chicks to do it. Which is essentially uh, a a brothel by salary. Right. Exactly. There, this is this is you're in there, you're getting paid to accept these terms. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. As glorious as it may look to some liberation girls, oh, we express our, our sexuality and stuff. It's like you're in L.A. getting a grand a week. Yeah, that's not That's lot. not going to cut it. You know, yeah. you have no future. There's no fucking money. There's nothing. You're yeah. not. He's taking advantage of them. Yeah, exactly. Someone asked me how dead. When did he touch his penis for the last time? I like how you assume he died while touching his penis. I'm assuming it. Guess what? Uh, he was probably. I'm not going to say erect. I'm just going to say like rigamortized. Oh, dude. No, no, not rigamortized. I'm just talking like. Kind of firm, a little soft. Oh, leathered. Like, he, like if he tried to put it in a pussy, it would just kind of like flop out a little. Bit. <laughs> like you know. Oh, you're pushing, like everyone's been pushing drunk rope. and they just like pushing rope. Yeah. Uh, so let's put it this way: Hefner died in his home of the Playboy Mansion, September twenty seventh, two thousand seventeen, at the age of ninety one. Wow. The cause was sepsis brought on by. An E. coli affection. infection. Dude, he ate Taco Bell? I guess so. Wow. He was just <laughs> too old and shitty. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what it was. What are you, are you just mashing? What are you just like, yeah. You know what? He did make it pretty far, because one thing I failed to mention in this is that Hugh Hefner refused to see doctors for his sexual activity and never used a condom. Wow. Yes. What? what? He, any, he any girl- could have been a specimen for the ages. The only thing that kept him clean was that all the ladies that he brought into his house, he assigned them a doctor that he had. To- oh, so he had them tested. He had all of them tested. Oh, okay. And then had them put on a birth control and had some weird friend of his that I guess kind of looked like, uh, like a, a, a totem pole <clears throat> inspect their vaginas. I'm imagining Dr. Wait, so he Nick put from the Simpsons. He had Hi, his own. Everybody. He had he had his own gynecologist, and he would send them all to the. He put he put them on birth control. So it was like you're not in this house, yeah. unless if you're on birth control, right? And towards the end of his life, I don't think he had to worry about it because he would like kind of just go through the motions and never really came. He right. would just jump on top of a woman with like a semi and just throw it in there and just kind of leave and, be like, <laughs> and, and go off into his quarters that were absolutely packed with papers. Because another thing, he was a hoarder. Oh, yes. I wanted you to say throw in a semi and hope for the best. Yeah. Well, he didn't even care at this no, point. I mean, he was a lonely, lonely fucking idiot, and look, he deserved all of his loneliness. Like I'm kind of, I'm kind of picturing like you take a ballpark, Frank. They right. plump when you cook them. Well, yeah. they plump when you cook them, but when you don't cook them, what they happens? They shrivel. No, but what happens? They just kind of stay there. They stay there. Right. You got it. There you go. So they stay there. Are you really going to pep Tra- talk? So, Travis, a- Travis's finger just went right into my face. <laughs> yes. Yeah. With an affirmative point. Right. You got it. You got it. They stay there. So he's basically taking a ballpark. Right. Frank. Ballpark Frank. And beans. You're right. And he's taking um, lettuce. Because he's on, he is, he is not, he's not about carbs. He's taking the lettuce. He's trying to wrap it around, wrap it around the ballpark. I like how he's not about carbs, but he loves pig anus. No, but to, hey, Cody, this is my theory. He's wrapping it around the hot dog, but it's breaking. And he's just smacking that lettuce. He's smacking the lettuce. With the That's hot dog? The, with the hot dog, right? And there's juice flying. There's juice, whatever. Right. There's juice flying. It's a ballpark. But it's not it's Pregnante to, juice. It's supposed to plump when you cook it, but this isn't Pregnante juice. You're right, Tom. You're right. <laughs> and guess uh, what? 
Pregnante juice. And guess Can what? We just guess apple? what? The moral of the story. Guess what? What? You should just use a bun and not use ballpark franks. Okay, use sabrats. Pregnante. I'm I'm still on pregnante juice. Pregnante. Pregnante juice. Listen, you're... it's called amniotic fluid, Travis. Pregnante. I don't give a shit about what it's called. All right, so let's do a little bit more on Hugh Hefner after his death. Hugh arranged to be buried in a crypt next to the grave of Marilyn Monroe. What? In Los Angeles Cemetery. You can just put in requests like that? Well, he bought this plot back in the early 90s for about $70,000. And he met her like once. He never met her. Never uh, met her. <laughs> really? In fact, she... I would expect those two paths to cross at one point. Yeah, well... It seems like it's a shame that it didn't. She she didn't really necessarily like him that much. She didn't. She, wow. A quote. Or didn't like Hugh Hefner. A quote for her from her about what I was talking about before with her being published in his first issue of Playboy is uh, I never received a thank you letter for all those who made millions off of my nude. Hmm. I even had to buy a copy of the magazine to see it myself. Oh, he didn't even give her a copy. No, they had one phone call at one oh. point. So Hefner, this is a uh, this is going to wrap oh. up. This, this episode, I guess. We can continue mm. conversation. Um, Hefner reportedly drank as many as 36 bottles of Pepsi a day, like any spoiled 91-year-old teenage boy would do. <laughs> go All back right. to that. All 30 right, a day? I'm assuming that's hold like on, 36. Hold on, though. He drank that shit, and every day he's like, yo, which one of you Playboy bunnies wants to get me P.F. Chanks? Go for it. Be back before nine. Yeah. <laughs> before nine. Give me that Pepsi and that PM. Buy with your money. I'll give you an extra 20 when it comes to good times. <laughs> Unless your hair different. Oh, you don't get the right PGs. Get yourself some sesame chicken. Oh, you got you you girls want that Nathan's? I got this a brat for you. Well, we'll order some food. We'll go order from Dom Rose. Why did hot dogs come up so much tonight, Travis? Because he's got a dick. He has a dick. Cody. Ballpark Sabrats. Cody! Cody, before the show, you, you were get... talking about your dick, and it got old. Imagine this man's dick, and it got real old. Tell me I have an old dick? Yeah, well, we all have. Are you... I'm older than you, so Travis... I have an older dick. Can I have a beer? Yeah, you can. I don't know. Can he? <laughs> I mean, there's only two more left, but that's cool. <laughs> So, well, that's the roast coverage of Hugh Hefner and also Travis's sexual education. Oh, uh, you know what? I You can hire me. You, you tried me putting in. the bees inside the bird, Travis. Dude, the bees... It does, my, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> the bees, my eyes, my birds. Yeah, and that does kind of pipe through a lot of our episodes. But being that this was the most sexual episode that the Roast Mortem podcast has 69th. yet to offer you, Ooh, the 69th episode. episode. You should oh. feel privileged. Oh. Oh. And moist. Wow. Oh. I hope uh, all of you ladies out there are furious. And, and I hope you all you men are reverting back to your 14-year-old selves. Go type in Playboy magazine and see what nipples were like. Yeah, Tom, uh, I'm just saying right now I am drowning because I'm doing a 69 right now, uh, right? And now. the hypothetical lady is just gushing, like yeah. almost almost to the point where I want to bring her to the hospital right. because, like, I'm like that's way too much liquid. Is this normal? Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm in Swiss Splash right now. Whoa! I've seen this in pornos, but there's no editorial cuts in real life. Usually it stops at some point. What's that uh, Henry Mancini song, Little Elephant? What's that? Watch a porno with that song. 
I've heard that in Mario. Yeah. Doesn't matter how many people are getting laid in that video. It's it's hilarious. All zero of them. Oh, my goodness. And also, uh, if you guys haven't discovered this, if we want to get on extra dirty stuff, Mm. uh, type in uh, fast forward blowjobs. Oh, hilarious. I appreciate (laughs) reverse cum shots. That's weird. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that. That's a great one. Oh, just dude. Google it. Should we watch it and get weird together? No. Uh, let's do that to. We warm- watched Fast Forward Blowjobs together. To Travis, be fair. Dude, there's, Tom, there's- let's do that to warm up for a movie commentary. Yes. All right. Very good. All right. There's three Nintendo Switches in the room. We're not going to do that. <laughs> Why not? They all have YouTube apps. We're going to give it a virus. I don't own a Switch, so I'm a I'm a Dom. I don't. I'm not Switch. Oh, okay. Well, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in to the roast mortem coverage of the Hugh Hefner. Japanese know nothing about BDSM. Pardon my hiccups. You can find me at Saunch S A U N T C H T. You can find me at Travis Legion. Travis Legion with two E's on Twitter and Instagram, and I am Cody McCann. Thanks, Cody. At C O D Y M double C A double N on the Twitter. And you can find us collectively at Roastmortemcast on Twitter and Instagram. We have a Gmail, roastmortempodcast at gmail.com. Uh, there's a Facebook. Facebook. We got that Patreon. Oh, Patreon.com slash Roastmortemcast. That's where you give us money to get drunk. Yeah, you and like do other things. I get real drunk, but you know, if you want me to get more drunk, just... I, and one uh, And before we leave, another round of applause for our Playboy stuff bunnies who have been sitting here quailuded out. Uh, <laughs> they haven't been talking. No, uh, thank they're, you. They're done. Thank you, ladies. All right, you seven just... of them have given me a blowjob the entire episode. I've kept it all together. So Tiffany, I'm good. you've been great. Good I've hustle. Came, I've came three times. That's marvelous. I really appreciate these women being very strong. Brandy, and, uh, you've been exceptional. Thank you. Yes. All right. Good night, everyone. Danker Shanes. Wow, chicka, wow, chicka, danky Shane. Wow, chicka, wow, chicka, danky Shane. <laughs> <laughs>